welcome everybody for coming out. Appreciate everybody for coming out. My name is Chase Minifield. This is the Who's Where podcast. Uh, I'm a UVA alum, 2010, 2011, 2010. Uh, you know, UVA football, Washington Redskins, slash Commanders, whatever you want to call them. Current CEO and founder of Helping Hands at Easy Turn. Um, we have amazing guests coming on board, but I'm your host tonight and my co-host, Max Million. What's up, man? What's up, guys? How you doing? 2011, I played with Chase. Uh, he grabbed me three and a half, so that's why he's in 2010. That's cool. Uh, some of us just normal house. But yeah, founder of uh, Sabre Construction, moving company in Charleston, I'm moving forward. But we appreciate everyone coming out and excited for it for today for our second live podcast event. So before we introduce our guest today, uh, I'd like to thank our partner for the event, UVA Clubs Global Network, Joshua and Cindy. Appreciate you guys. Can you give them a hand? Appreciate it. <laughs> The way I like to do things is, you know, I come from a football background. We come out to smoke. Intros is the most important part of the game in my mind. You know what I'm saying? When I come out of the smoke, it's a wrap, right? Like, it's, it's something different. When you, I don't know. We got a couple football players in here, but when that smoke gets you at Scott Stadium, right, it's a, it's a little different. It's a little different. So I take the intro serious. I take the intro serious. So when I do these intros, when I intro my guests, I like a little drum roll, you know what I'm saying? A little something like that on the table. But we need to make sure that the energy is right. If the energy is not right from the beginning, it's a wrap. I actually got a story about that. One time, one time, we came out of Scott Stadium and uh, nobody told us that Cab Man fell off the horse. <laughs> Cab Man fell off the horse, so we ended up getting rah-rah, you know what I'm saying, we about to go. And I was like, I told her, I said, after the game was over, I'm watching SportsCenter, and we on SportsCenter, not top 10, because Cab Man done fell off the horse before the game. The next day I go to Coach Lynn, I said, why didn't nobody tell us that? You know what I'm saying, because that's bad. So I appreciate you guys. So I'm gonna say, and now for our first guest, and while I'm saying that now for our first guest, I want you guys to just bang on the table. Just give me a little quick drum roll. Uh, so that's our goal behind this project. Um, 
We've been through a lot of events because we wanted to bring it to a person. We want everybody to see everybody. We want to talk to everybody. We want to network. Um, we want this to be a, a, a back and forth uh, podcast. So essentially, we used to do it to where, you know what I'm saying, me and Max just run the questions. But we're going to give you guys the ability to ask questions tonight, which is one of the most exciting things that we do. So if you see on the little, on the little like, icon of uh, pop-up things that you guys have at your table, there's a QR code on there. So if you scan that QR code, you can ask questions from the crowd. As you ask questions, Max will get it on his phone. He is in charge of asking the questions that come from the crowd. So a lot of participation we would greatly, would greatly appreciate. Let's get started, man. So, uh, Chris, Chris Peace, man, what's up, man? Much, All right, so, so tell me about the Peace 40 Project. What is the Peace 40 Project? So, Peace 40 Project, uh, so it started, uh, I took the position, uh, I don't know, it was LLC. Uh, you know, I kind of just told my story and kind of just had a tough transition, kind of moving on and you know, hanging up the cleats. I think a lot of athletes, and not just football players, a lot of athletes in general have that, you know, tough time. So, the Peace 40 Project kind of just aims to help student athletes uh, who, you know, just finished graduating and transitioning to from sports, as well as professional athletes and mainly undrafted free agents. Uh, the reason I say undrafted free agents, over about 300 of them will be signed every single year. Uh, realistically, maybe 20 will make the team and maybe another 20 to 30 of them practice Probably got over 200, uh, close to 300 players that just move on, you know, left without playing the sport they love and known for so long. So when did you start this? Uh, and why? And give me the why too. The why? Because uh, in 2021, uh, when I hung it up and I didn't know what to do next, I was lost, I was on the couch, uh, kind of just in limbo, and kind of just bouncing around, and yeah, no one really was there, or I didn't really know who to reach out to, nobody really helped me. Yeah, so that makes sense, man. Uh, what, when did you start? I started it, uh, still uh, right from the ground up, but uh, you could say beginning of August. Okay. Congratulations, man, for getting that going. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. What, what kind of services do you guys run? Like, financial services, like, you know, the next so, day, you like services? The next day is your life service. So, uh, you know, an athlete reaches out, uh, we try to go with uh, partner with universities and, you know, Try to reach out to other athletic guys, and basically, you know, those who are looking for that next move, that next transition to a new career, we have to find that. Sounds good. Um, ben, uh, Ben, so I call him Ben. That's who I'm talking to. I'm talking to, uh, to this guy right here. Um, so, when, when did you start? What is Vertex Performance, and, and when did you start, and why did you start? Absolutely. So, Vertex Performance is essentially like a one-stop shop concept. Pretty much took sports, fitness, academics, mentorship, and high school stats. And I was really proud to try to get somebody to do what I've been playing on. I thought the coolest thing in the world was to try to give the kids a chance to uh, get to, uh, to give the kids a chance to, uh, you know, to really learn and benefit and start soon. Don't wait until you become a college or a professional athlete. Uh, so we kind of just created that out of the system in place and you know, started a business around it. It's really passionate. Uh, the wife and I, it's uh, something we want to leave a legacy. It's something for our kids here in future generations. You don't mind waiting for us. So, uh, let's just run it back. We know what they're doing now. Um, local have their own companies. 
uh, in different spaces, but they both have a, a strong reason for starting their companies. Uh, why, where are you from? Where are you guys from? Where are you from, Chris? It's uh, a hard question, man. I moved around so long, so much when I was a kid, but I'm going to claim Newport News. Newport News, yeah. Newport and Norfolk. Then Chesapeake. Then a little bit of Norfolk. I mean, back to Norfolk, and then I moved back to Newport News. What about you, Derek? Where's your favorite? Okay. Favorite? High school, uh, Shores, talk about Okay. Uh, did you follow, did you guys follow UVA growing up at all? Uh, I'll be real dumb, I did not. Uh, I like to tell people, the first time UVA came home in my high school, it recruited me. I didn't know anything about them. I just seen ACC on the coach's jacket. ACC. That's enough. I would, I would say the same. I, mean, I was a pretty big uh, baseball prospect coming out, so I was in LSU, Clemson, and some other schools, and UVA kind of came into the mix, and I just kind of fell in love with the environment and took my busy, and UVA was. That makes sense. Uh, I know, Max, you follow UVA? Where are you from, Seven Oak Creek? Oh, yeah, I followed UVA growing up, man. UVA was, I came here for the first time when I was like, I think 12 years old, probably. Can't go game, can't go cross game, that's not football. Uh, kind of fell in love with the program and then it was lucky enough to get a scholarship in high school. And the coach point that was the one recruited me and they have a rap. I mean, he was just that guy. I, you know, a lot of kids love that point that started and I just love it. I'm from Kentucky. Uh, I never heard of the University of Virginia until they came to my school. That's the first thing I have to tell everybody. I, I never heard of it. They ended up being one of the best decisions of my life, but like from the top in, I didn't know the history, I didn't know, know none of that. Um, so, what was the recruiting process like for you guys? What was the recruiting process like for you? You didn't know about UVA. Uh, what made you choose to come here? Um, it was either choose Noble State or go to UVA. I was not having recruited. Uh, they offered me a scholarship two weeks before the National Saturday. Wow. Wow. That's awesome, man. Congratulations on the success off the hat. So, for sure. Uh, ben, what about you? Uh, for me, it was kind of uh, it was a little different journey for me. I was playing baseball. I stopped playing my junior year because I was football. I mean, I stopped playing football and focused on baseball. I was five games into the season, I kind of got the itch again, and I went back and I played the last five games of football. I wasn't even really planning on playing, and then uh, I remember Coach Bro and uh, Mike Bro, who came in recruiting me, and when I came to the campus, like I said, they, uh, the first visit, just being in the stadium, and I just kind of wild. I was more impressed with Mike Bro, like he was kind of preaching on the linebacker side, the defensive side, and when they gave out to play baseball and football, I Yeah, 
football until ninth grade, which is really different. Uh, I played soccer my whole life, lived out to play soccer in college. Um, and then I was playing soccer, and the varsity soccer coach happens to be the uh, freshman football defensive coordinator. So we made him come out and play football. Uh, I fell in love with it. You know, my sophomore year, I had a really good year. And then, uh, like I said, Point Jackson coach Bill came down, saw a couple games, and then offered his thoughts on it. The rest is history, pretty much. The rest is history. You get a, you get a screen back on? Oh, uh, it's great. Okay. I got it. That's what you're trying to do for me. Oh. <laughs> also, so, 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 um, initially, I wanted to go with foreign affairs. Um, you know, I tried that out for a year and a half. Uh, I didn't think it was really for me. Uh, you know, not gonna lie, I think I was kind of all money in football, and I switched it to American Studies. It was way easier to schedule. And uh, academically, the major I think I wanted to do business just wasn't available at the time. They use comp school for recruitment. So everybody knows. <laughs> comp school for recruitment. So uh, comp school classes and practice are at the same time. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Uh, what about you, man? Uh, for me, I, I, I was always an entrepreneur, man. Like I, I came into it and I wanted to get an entrepreneur, but one of the biggest things I kind of learned, I wasn't, I wasn't really ready to rock and roll with school. So I, I had those uh, prerequisites early on. I didn't do what I had to do, and uh, I just kind of chose different, different. Uh, with sociology, and uh, I ended up going back to take a business classes outside, like within the economy, but it's like outside, so it's good. It's an interesting thought process because, you know, everybody, have nice things you I started off with sociology, like everybody did, and then ended up with psychology. Okay. I know that uh, when I showed up, I had, uh, we was doing a uh, orientation, and my orientation, my, everybody on the football team had a CLNS on their badges. And uh, my badge said ENG. And I asked, I asked our academic coordinator uh, what ENG means. Why I got the CLNS like everybody else? And uh, it was engineering. I was an engineering for something. I don't know how I got it. I was an engineering when I showed up through the day. And uh, I asked, I asked, how long did engineering last? I was going for a couple hours. <laughs>
But you guys are you guys are both presidents of your company. Um, you know, both are high athletes at the highest level. What what did you? I don't want to state this question. Um, like what you learned as being an athlete did that actually teach you more for life after sports, or did it have, or do you think it hurt you in life after sports? I think it taught me uh, more of a life after sports. Uh, the reason I say that, uh, as an athlete, there's times in your career you're going to fail. And, you know, all about being an athlete is how you're going to respond to failure, how you're going to respond to the next play. You know, uh, you know, with the life, I like to say the real world, uh, life is going to test you, life is going to try to knock you out. Um, football taught me a lot of things, how to fight adversity. And uh, I think that's one thing that made me uh, mentally tough. Learn, I learned that from football, I translate it in real life. That's good, man. I also have anything else to add. I mean, my mental toughness, uh, I think I'll add like, uh, preparation. You know, uh, I remember Coach Bro saying, you're prepared to, prepare to win and prepare to fail. You know, if you don't study, if you don't actually prepare, if you're not ready to, to perform, you can't expect to actually uh, overcome those challenges. So I think I really credit a lot of that to sports. Like Chris said, just perseverance and getting the battle through. Deal with those challenging times and find a way to make it happen. So what about you, Max? Did, uh, did being an athlete actually hinder your post-sports post career? I don't think it hindered my post-sports career. I think the only thing that might have hindered it is the, the fact that I didn't take some classes that I probably should have taken. So I probably took a little bit easier schedule. Um, you know, I thought, uh, the first thing we get on campus, the summer session, we're there like two months before we got to start. It's pretty much 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. you're at the football stadium or at the A class. And then when school starts, uh, you have 5 a.m. practice at about 8 a.m. You take class from 8 to 12, 8 to 1, and then your meetings 2 to 6. And then if you have to be studying all, you'll study all of that. So the classes you can take are pretty limited, but you know they say you can take whatever class you want. And after you practice, you have to practice their quote unquote optional. But their favorite line was, so it's playing time. So, uh, you said choose. So I would say that no, I wouldn't say hitters, but they're definitely you know when you're in it, you know you're young, you're new, you're hungry, uh, you're not really thinking about well should I skip practice, take this class, and like that in about the ten years. And I think that's the biggest thing that I wish I knew. You know, I like twenty twenty, but there are a couple classes I think would help me just propel myself quicker if I had known that you know five ten years out I Chase Max and the lady, the network, and they're giving me a lot of opportunities. You know, they're here now, 
Every year I'm still in testimony. It's a really big blessing for us. Uh, but like I said, I wish I would have understood as I was younger how to follow up and follow through and really like touch base and just be a better communicator. Something I'm working on now. And uh, you know, like I said, it's something to teach the kids. And, you know, I those guys go in the right direction. Okay, questions, questions, questions. Max, the question guy. So the first question for you guys, this is to anybody um, that you're looking for any good outgrowth stories. So, um, I don't know if you But, uh, I know you got a couple, Jason, I you got a couple, I might got one or two. But. When I look in the crowd, I try to uh, see who asked that question. I don't know, maybe I want to play with you. That's all right. Babe, you want to go ahead with some any good outgrowth stories, man? I, I, I guess I'll, you know, I'll, I'll grow to be honest. I don't, I don't think we or I, I don't think we're ready for our growth. You know, like, he was aware about his business. He came with that NFL style uh, training is this way, it's my way, you know, it's how it's always going He was really teaching a lot of deep things at the time. I didn't really understand. So I guess one of the things really stood on for me, I came to the meeting. Uh, I'm thinking all the time. I was downstairs, that's when we had like a little weed and we're playing games and stuff. And, I, I came into the meeting thinking I was on time. I'm thinking I'm watching. I'm very inside the meeting. Everybody's in there. And indeed, I was like five minutes early. But here comes Coach Bro. He's sitting up there like he's actually speaking. And he sat down. Uh, I sat down. And he called me out from everybody. And he said, John, you know, I'm trying to figure out how he said it, man. He was like, but it was more like same thing. Like if you're if you're early, uh, be, be on time. What he said, you said, if you're ready, you're ready, you're on time. You're on time, there you go. I remember, because you were right there at that game when you caught you up from everybody. Yeah, he caught me up from everybody. Yeah, he caught me up from everybody. I was on time. I watched the story, but again, same concept. We're talking a lot of life lessons, just in that moment. I got a lot of respect. I got a lot of respect for Coach Bro. If Coach Bro wasn't here, I probably wouldn't have been here, to be honest with you. He talked to me. He coached my dad and then so that was a connection there. Um, but Coach Bro is the king of the one-liner. Like he got some one-liners that like kids still get like problems about these days. Like we 33, you know what I'm saying? We grown now. But essentially, like those are one-liners that were said back in the day that people still get roasted about. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that time. But one of my favorite ones was uh, he told a guy that was on the field and he said he was just running the wrong route, running the wrong play. He said, man, you like a golf ball? You like a golf ball in the jungle? Everybody was like, what's a golf ball in the jungle? He said, you lost out here. <laughs> Uh, I can't say those right now, but Alvaro, one of the smartest football brains I've ever met. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Alvaro. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of respect for Alvaro, too. I think the, the main thing is he kept guys accountable. Uh, the most accountable I've seen that day is what I played for. And one of the funny things that comes along with the story is uh, one summer, you know, we weren't doing so good, we just wasn't happy with how summer was going. And he basically told guys, like, you know, hey, in the real world, if, if you show up, you listen to your job, you show up, you don't do your job well, you know what I'm saying? You get fired, you can't afford your house, you can't afford, you know, support your family, etc. Um, you know, we weigh in, you had to weigh in, you had to be on your weight. So, you know, if you're overweight, um, the first thing he did was get a clump table. So, you know, you see another professor, uh, clump, so he had a clump table with a nutritionist. Uh, those guys didn't get eaten with the team, and then guys that weren't, you know, falling through on time of practice, guys that didn't have their grades where they were supposed to be. Um, he called it the, uh, the secondary locker room, I call it, I guess. So our locker room's beautiful, amazing, nice, you know, lockers, names on it, TVs, everything. Um, so the guys that weren't really, you know, going to class, the class checks, guys that weren't, you know, making their times, doing the lifts, everything, he 
took a lot of stuff out of the locker room and took it to like a back room that was just basically like a concrete square. Take the name up on the wall and put all the stuff up that. So like there was no heat, no AC in there. Uh, I don't know if they got the laundry washed in like we used to. It was bad. So basically, it was, uh, no free lunches. No free lunches. So his mind was, you know, there's no free lunches in this world. And so uh, a lot of people didn't get to see that about bro. You know, a lot of fans might not see that, but he did really care about teaching life skills. And, and one of the things that he talked about show up and do what you are there to do in the real world, you know, you, you don't get a free ride. So now from the story, it was funny, but it was actually good like less than that. There's one more question, then we'll jump back into the uh, story. John Davis and uh, Chris Peace, two legends. Yeah, so they, uh, they wanted, you know, what is the biggest lesson you guys have learned from the world of sports to the world of business? Oh, I would say uh, consistency, for sure. Uh, one thing about football, you're not consistent, you're not going to last long, you're not going to be successful in it. Uh, probably going to be a short career for you. Uh, for me, how I got, uh, as far as I did with football, I was consistent. Uh, I wasn't necessarily the best athlete, the best player, but I did little things over and over and over again, and over until I blew in the face. And that's something a lot of people I played with from high school to college, didn't necessarily have, and that carried me a long way. And you know, you pass that on, pass football into the real world. Consistency is going to take you a longer way uh, than most people will. Uh, you know, yeah. Sorry, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, I I'd have to say, um, never underestimate your opponent or competitor. This is tough. You know, it's just like you. you play a team and you don't think they're that good, they come out and they put some on. They're business the same way. You can have good systems, um, try to get out market. You might have good people, but they might have a better way to outreach. You know, so I've kind of learned over three years, like, you know, never, get, never get too high, never get too ahead of yourself, and never underestimate. Somebody out there you know, watching you trying to do better. And uh, so just try to just stay sharp and, uh, you know, focus on what you have to do and be aware of what everybody else is doing as well. Be better. For me, um, what I learned in sports to take to business is how to handle no's. Uh, that's my thing, is how to handle no. Because essentially when you run your business and you're selling, I get too many no's, I get probably one yes. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't never take me down. It's kind of like, like what, what, what you guys are saying. But ultimately when I play corner, defensive back, my, my success rate is supposed to be low. So essentially I learned that you know, it's, it's all about you trying to make the best play that you can make, uh, or the best, the opportunity that you can make. Um, but yeah, not being successful, but being successful at the same time. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting trait, I would say, that I have. I would say I learned that the little things matter. So, I think for, you know, being a lot of college athletes, you realize, you know, in high school, we were the, we were the best of the best at what we did on our team. And, you know, there were a lot of times where, you know, I, I coach jokes, yeah, exactly. It's all, you know, the MLB is separated, you know what I'm saying? So it's like the minor league system and the MLB, it's a farm system. You know, I got on, when I got drafted at 12, you go play rookie ball. And then that rookie ball season, you kind of play with like the current draftees and like some of the older guys have already played. Uh, it was a short season, uh, it was a cool experience, really blessed. And then, um, you know, it's like my Chris says, it's an eye I kind of up in it, it's a business. Money comes first in performance. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed every second of it, and uh, I was very late for my, it was a short-lived career, but I was thinking. When did you know that, you know, it's time to move on? Pretty, pretty much. You know, it, it was, um, 
I step off, you know, the injuries, you get released. And at that point, I just, I was 20, 23, and, you know, I had bigger goals. You know, like, I had to, I was worried about life after. Uh, so my biggest goal would be a great husband, a great father, and a businessman. Those are always, before sports, like, those are always the three primary goals. And so when it was done for me, it was easy for me to transition to my hated plan. But I just think God was moving in a different direction. I just uh, transitioned. Respect, respect. So, Max, really, when did you know that you were going to have, you know, like an NFL type situation, opportunity, a professional sport? It was probably when I was a 230 pound fullback in a league that doesn't use fullbacks anymore. Uh, you know, I'm grateful, you know, Coach Lundin and, and uh, you know, Bill Lazer, one of the yeah, best. Well, you didn't want no contact either. Yeah, yeah. Because Bill Lundin, one of the best, uh, Bill Lazer is one of the best offers for play for. But um, yeah, I kind of really, you know, sometimes you got to be honest with yourself. Um, you know, I'm looking at different guys, uh, you know, I got a call, you know, Giants want me to come up there and, and, and give a try. I'm looking at Brandon Jacobs, he's 250, playing running back, and they want me 230, half the size of the block for like, this, this is not going to work. So, this is a receiver fullback. Yeah, pretty much. So, I'm a little bit too slow to play receiver, and I'm a little bit too small to play fullback. So, I was kind of in between, and I was just like, uh, draft day happened to be the same day as Foxfield, so, you know, I got Foxfield's having a good time during draft day, not worrying about this and call myself or not. So, uh, I, knew, I knew the decision early, pretty early on in uh, my senior year that, you know, I just, just wasn't going to make it. I had a great college career. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't regret anything. Um, but, you know, a couple of guys just, just know that hey, I had to look on to the next early. So, um, I didn't, I was doing all the work myself. I didn't know what, how, where to get started. Um, the beauty of sports is your regimen your entire life. The downside is once you get out, that regiment's out, and it is, I mean, honestly, it's just scary. I mean, you just come out one day, and no one's telling you where to be, you know, what to do, uh, your life path, don't really know what you're working for, so it's kind of crazy. Um, and so that's kind of what we thought when we changed started the podcast, like, here's a place where athletes who, when you get out in that real world, hey, you know, there's an avenue that you're interested in, well, here are these people's contact information that have done the path done and you've got to contact them and see what they can do to get started. So um, that was probably the hardest part was not it wasn't that I knew I wasn't making it as was like man I, my entire life of 23 years I had a path that I was going to and I had people tell me what to do, where to be and how to do it. And then one day the people just like good luck. So um, that's that's kind of the gap we're trying to bridge and that's uh yeah even even if you know that you're done you're ready to hang it up it's still a, it's still a hard transition. Uh, I can't tell my full transition story, but I did some episodes on uh, out of 150 something that's a lot. But just a quick thing about like me, um, nobody can tell me any different that I wasn't going to play in the NFL for 20 years, 15 years, 10 years, make tens of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars, be the highest paid player in the league, um, you know, big house, white face, you know, all that. I had this whole vision. Um, so when it didn't happen, or when the draft came, and I didn't get drafted. I'm about every single pick. From first pick to the last pick. So I'm like, Chris, he didn't watch the first two rounds. I, listen, I thought it was a chance for the first two rounds, honestly. <laughs> like, sitting there like, oh, ready. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I haven't watched the draft since. Yeah, I'm not going to ever watch the draft again. <laughs> uh, but essentially, I watched every single pick. Um, and then I realized, like, okay, you know, there was a chip on my shoulder because, to us be honest, the people that got drafted are probably better than me. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's just a, the fact of the, of the situation. Um, but ultimately, I had to start over and I had to, you know, figure out how things go or how to, how to gain my respect by 
I took it in the wrong direction where I was trying to uh, basically kill anything moving. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't gain relationships. I didn't, I, you know, I would, I would cuss the coach out. Like, it was, a, it was me against everybody at that point when I felt like, you know, things weren't going my way. Um, so my transition was really tough. Um, I was on the Washington Redskins uh, for three seasons, and uh, essentially they kept on breaking up and really taking me down. You go up to the 53, you come down to the practice bar. You go up to the 53, you come down to the practice bar. I did that for three years. And that's one of the toughest things in life is trying to stay prepared when you don't know what the future holds. Uh, trying to stay prepared to be at your best when you're not sure what's next for you. Um, so in that space, they called me one more time and I said, listen, don't call me back. You know what I'm saying? And I said, don't call me back. I don't want to hear from you no more. I'm good. So I'm thinking I got every single, every single, every single team in the league uh, waiting, to, waiting to pick me up. Uh, and then I had to eventually crawl back to the residence. Y'all still looking for a corner? Y'all still looking for a corner? So uh, after the answer was no, I uh, burned all my bridges. Um, basically, I was in a year of trying to figure out what's next. Who am I? What am I? My identity has always been football. I went through a full cleanse. Um, I deleted all my football pictures on Instagram, Twitter. Like, I had to change my identity of who I was. Um, and I haven't looked back since. Um, but what I did realize is the fact that um, the same things that make me great at what I get in football, the same things that make me great in business and entrepreneurship. Um, so, that's a good thing. I appreciate everybody's story. That's one of the things I try to focus on is the transition because I know. Uh, how, how tough it was for me to figure out what, who I am and what I am after football was over. Um, so I appreciate you guys sharing your stories in that space. Uh, before we get to our last couple questions, do we have any uh, questions from the crowd? Yeah, we have a couple questions from the crowd, so I think this is a good one. Um, what quality do you think a college athlete must possess? You know, either by coming in or going to college to be able to make the most of their four years of being both a student and an athlete. I know we have touched on this. And then uh, what qualities do you feel like are either exemplified and are hard to learn in a hard way? Uh, I feel like uh, the important quality is you got to come in, you got to be confident, uh, you got to be coachable, and you just can't be scared. Uh, can't be scared when it comes to being on the field, can't be scared you know, when it comes to just being out, being social, the rest of campus, the rest of the university. I have to say, you have to be very mindful. You have to get aware, like, uh, like I said earlier, everybody's good. Man. They, they bring you got guys ahead of you, you got guys below you, you got guys coming in. And if you don't make those plays, the next man comes to up. They're all going to replace you. And a lot of stuff, discipline, and like, create teams. You know, a lot of them are right now, a lot of stuff that I know now. I wish I would have been able to translate some of that stuff as a student athlete. And I'll highlight Chase every second. Was but this is the standpoint. Chase really was the example of what a student athlete should be. He's humble as a be, but he was represented. He was in a high, high, high level at graduation, and when he was a freshman. I saw it firsthand when he was actually studying. He was actually like, I went to the room and I said, what the I was, I was confused. Literally, he studied. I asked him, "Can you do it? I don't go in class and we all we just kind of live." For me, I would say um, the best quality is, is a quality to be able to understand the sacrifice. 
because if you want to do anything at a high level, you're going to have to sacrifice things that other people who aren't doing it at a high level aren't sacrificing. So the ability to sacrifice, whether it's going out, whether it's drinking, whether it's, you know, whatever you got to figure out. I try to tell people all the time, if you want to be the best, at whatever you do, you got to find the thing that separates you. Uh, and the thing that separates you is probably going to do what other want to do. Uh, so that's what I want to say. I would say be prepared for the unprepared. Um, I, I thought <laughs> I thought I knew I was going to be, you know, I never think when I was coming in, um, you know, a lot of us did when we were young. Uh, you know, you couldn't really tell us nothing. Um, you know, we do it all, we can handle it all, and we were prepared for it all. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a big culture shock, not in a bad way, but you just don't really understand what, what it takes to be a college athlete when you're a high school athlete. So, to be prepared for that, you really don't really know. One more question, then we'll be ready to wrap it up. All right, uh, let's see, we got a couple of good ones. Uh, uh, is the business school of Dart and MBA program student athletes at the conclusion of the amateur career? Um, I'm about to start off. None, at the end of my amateur career, no schools are really pushing. Um, I, I thought about going back to school a couple times, and I didn't even know how to take out a student loan, to be honest. So, one of the benefits of being a college athlete is you don't have to worry about student loans. Uh, honestly, I didn't know how to apply to school. Um, you know, they basically came in and like, here's your scholarship, uh, here's the uh, application process. Uh, you have to write like a, a paragraph of why you want to come to the school, and I think that's all I did in that application process. So I didn't know anything about applying to the school, applying for loans, or anything like that. Um, so you know, when, you, when you're done, uh, you know, they, unfortunately they, they have you know, a new batch of 24 kids coming every year, 24, 30 kids coming every year. They don't have the time. They got to worry about them and their jobs. So it's kind of like when you're done, you can do it on your own. I think that's one thing that colleges can do better. I think colleges can work on a program that when athletes don't make it to the NFL, then they have something to push for them to figure out what they want to do next. Um, right now, you graduate and you go to the curve. The NFL, they do a program like that where you can go back to school, or you can figure out they'll have like mentor programs and things like that. But as far as the kid that didn't get his chance to play the NFL, uh, there's nothing for you. We gotta figure it out. So that's one thing I think colleges can do better. Yes, it's going on. I agree with that 100. As a as a CEO, I, I try to really start younger. You know, we've created so many different jobs and internship categories to try to get you to be aware of those things. As we get there, we don't know. I mean, we're just we're there. And I want you all to start the kids understanding the value of uh, work ethic and trying to find something that you love and you're passionate. Understand the way the economy flows, understand your business. Just being uh, exposed to different uh, different fields, you kind of have a head start. So when you get to college, you kind of actually have a plan. And we didn't really have a lot of systems in place. Like I said, as our company of this, we were really trying to bridge the gap in local communities and try to just, just push that, do a better job, and just educate the uh, communities. Start going. This is a good one. I think we all struggle with this, but what is the best advice you can give to a young professional who's unsure about what they want to do out of career? For me? Go ahead, start. Uh, what I figured out I was good at was figuring out how to make money. Uh, so we actually having this conversation on the table before we started the podcast. I was like, I had to learn in business to quit trying to tell people what I do or what I what I can help you to figure out what do you want. What do you want? I figure out what you want and then I figure out how I can do that. Um, that's what I would that's what I would tell people in advice as far as trying to figure out what to do that. So do what supply and demand.
Rockford. Just continue my Pins Touch Commission career, writing books. I'd love to speak. I'd rather like probably write the information to speak with anything. So sports is like, you know, I'll probably do that less, to be honest. And let the coaches kind of do what they love to do, and I'll coach as I want to, and within my passion, just for more. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming out. Um, how, where can people reach you and they want to reach you guys at? Where, how do we get in touch with you? I got a few business cards I can hand out for anybody who wants it. Uh, stay in touch. I'm very active social media. Um, you know, I'm usually around my phone all the time. Pump the handle, pump the handle. You can give me an Instagram uh, or email or something for the people that ain't here. At Chris and Peace. Uh, everything. All my social media is the same. Chris and Peace, that is. Baby, is that going to reach you? Tell you what, like, social media is probably the best route. We have a real strong presence. We're all on Facebook, uh, Instagram as well, Twitter. Just look up uh, Vertex Performance. We also have one of the still at Vix Legacy. This is a non-profit aspect. It's an infant, so I don't need to bring it up too, too much. But it's all the same. Look up VXP. Uh, the website is getvxp.com. Uh, and everything email as well. It's on the database. Contact at getvxp.com. Thank <laughs> you.